In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Again, welcome to GirlfriendIt.com, a great place to connect with other women for friendships and resources and fun. It is fun. It is a lot of fun. And we are having some great fun today because we are going to be talking about life situations and all the way from those good life situations to the not-so-good life situations. Um, right now, we have been preparing for this weekend because we are going to the Women's World Conference. Tomorrow, we're going to actually to Manhattan, Kansas. So after we get done with the, with the show today, we're going to be busy getting all of our stuff together and bags packed and all that kind of stuff. And um, I always tend to overpack, so i, I got to you know watch that as I pack. Keep that in mind because you <laughs> underpack, but then you always want to use my stuff that more is away. True. Yes. You, for every bag I have, you have two bags. And then when we get to the hotel, what's so funny is watching you unpack all these items and then go through the survey of what you're going to wear. So I will have my outfits all picked out, and you will say, should I wear this outfit or should I wear this And, you know, outfit? I realize that that is a temperament thing, so I, I, I'm really not that quirky. It's just <laughs> other people have that same issue. But you know what? What, what we found is that I generally have extra clothes, and then you want to borrow my socks or you want to borrow something. Yes. and. Not so much, because I might need it the next day, yeah. you know? I know. It's really hard to mock you when I have to turn around and then borrow your item. Huh? I, I, it really is. <laughs> so I'm always prepared. I'm a good Boy Scout, Girl Scout, whatever that is, always ready. But um, but I do do the survey thing, because I never know what I may feel like wearing that day. So I bring extra just in case. Yeah. But that's way off the tangent we here. We did get way off. Um, we are so excited to go to actually just spend time with a bunch of girlfriends. Um, it's called Women's World in Manhattan, Kansas. And... Uh, What's exciting is that the conference theme is called Amazing Girlfriends, which is so up our alley. We just love that. It's such a heartbeat. That's why we have Girlfriend It yes. and, and, and a radio show. And there's what, they're, they're going to be our intimate, like, a thousand girlfriends there at yes. the conference. <laughs> yes. And, um, and we're specifically talking about having each other's back and as women what that looks like. And, and I always love it because the first session you always do, like, a personality thing. And... Um, the, the thing with that is I've heard it, you know, a few times and we've done it, to, we've done personality tests and everything, but I always walk away um, with a new revelation about some quirky part of my personality. And I won't say it's a personality disorder because it is not. It, it's an enhancement, I like to say, <laughs> but it is always so fun to learn about each other's temperaments. And then 
and then and how that really applies to life situations like we're going to be talking about today and how your personality even yeah, comes in. Yeah, all comes out. Yes. Well, even you have an amazing thing going on next Friday, and I'd like to say not only your daughter's getting married, but it's our daughter that's getting married. Because it's kind of a we thing. You feel like you're in the journey with me. <laughs> and, and we've been laughing about that because I said next week, Lisa, you are the mother of the bride. I am at your beck and call. If it's midnight, 2 in the morning, whatever, if you need your fingernails painted down to getting, you know, go grab your coffee. Which, you know what, just delights my little heart that you would say that. (laughs) However, the reality is of it, I will not be able to get a hold of you because you will have your phone off. You don't have your (laughs) ringer on your home line, so you have to wait and go, hello, hello, are you there? And you generally have your cell phone off after 3 in the afternoon. So it's a really great idea that you're at my beck and call, whatever that means. But I I also heard that you told my daughter that you're at her beck and call, you're at my beck and call. And then in the midst of all that, um, I heard you make a couple of um, lunch uh, dates, appointments (laughs) with people. So I'm not really sure what beck and call means and how significant that really is going to be. I might have doubled up my beck and call, but (laughs) you can double book your beck and call, but I'm just saying those those other uh, bookings will will be set aside if you need me. Okay. So noted, and I think I'm going to take you up on your beck and call and make you just do some some errand. Just to, yeah, I'm going to make you. you I have okay. me do something. But outrageous. it is exciting times when you're talking about weddings, and you know, and and then how, you know how are you supposed to feel when you're the mother of bride? I had a son that got married, but I, you know, my one and only daughter, and that's it's just, it's thrilling and it's exciting, and you're coming down to the wire, and then traveling and um, getting to spend time with girlfriends. I mean, it, it is it is significant season right now and busy. But um, there are so many significant seasons in our life and life situations, and sometimes things are planned, like weddings and and conferences, and sometimes things are not planned, and they hit us, and they can be devastating. And and it's um, the thing that, you know, we always say that gets us through is is having girlfriends in your life and having those relationships and those connections and and just knowing that somebody else is there to um, kind of carry the burden with you and be at your beck and call when when you need Somebody there. I know today after the radio show, we have a, a girlfriend that just lost her mom this week and have a have a service. And so it's just you know life is just full of those um, those moments when sometimes you just have to show up mm-hmm. and just be there for each other. And I like that what you said, where you have those moments, and some of them are planned when they're incredible, like a wedding, and some some of them are completely unexpected, and yet um, God uses. All of them, and we like to call those um, pearl interruptions because those interruptions in your life also they create you, uh, they create who you are today. And um, just and like, we got to clarify when you say pearl interruptions because you love to wear pearls. I do love to wear pearls, and, and we know the story of a pearl. It it goes through a lot of work from the oyster to become that it starts as a grain of sand, and then it does a lot of work and becomes a pearl. So it's like even the difficult times in life a pearl can emerge. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's from those interruptions. It's from the irritants and um, I don't know. What what happens when a pearl, it's in the oyster and it just is fighting out all the sand and the, is it sea urchins? No, (laughs) that's a whole different thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the grit and the sand. Sea urchins, I think, are a whole different creature. And I don't really want to wear a sea urchin around my neck. <laughs> no, it's the, the, that's the irritant, is the, the sea urchins in the sand getting in there. Okay, I'm not really sure about that comment. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> but anyway, those are the pearl interruptions. And 
it's going to be exciting because today we actually have a gal. Um, our special guest is Wendy Blight, and Wendy has a unique story as a survivor of a sex, sexual assault. And many times we don't want to talk about these kinds of issues. Uh, obviously, it's not very uplifting, and people say don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive. Uh, but well, we- also it's very hard to talk about something that was so traumatic in your life. And, and you know, and I found so many times that when you have something traumatic, and we both have had a couple experiences in our life, that sometimes other people don't know how to handle it when you start talking about it because they feel ill at ease or they feel ill-equipped to deal with a situation. So it almost becomes an elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. But as we discovered, it's, people do want to talk about some of those things sometimes and be able to get them out and just to process. And, and as women, that's what we like to do. We, we, need to, we, we process out loud so mm-hmm. many times. We use all our words. And it's not that we need somebody to fix it, and it's not always that a situation can be fixed. Mm-hmm. But we just need to know that somebody else is listening and just feeling the pain with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so that's, that's what's so significant about girlfriends and, and, and having Wendy just share because we know that there are so many other women that suffer in silence and that this topic has affected them personally or somebody they know. Oh, and it can be, like you said, it's so therapeutic. Even listening to someone that has gone through a similar experience as yours, you feel like, I'm not alone. I'm not so isolated. There are other women out there that are dealing with, you know, the same things. And um, it also helps women just be smart, wise, and aware of what's going on so that we can prevent it. And avoid. I, I know that um, I was coming home from work one day, and I, I was driving in my car. It was 1130 at night. I was on the freeway, and it's one of those things where you just feel like God really, I don't know, lifted my chin up to look in the rearview mirror because there's no other, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just one of those where I was very much aware, and usually I'm not. Um, and I, I looked up, and I saw that this white truck was, was following me on the freeway. And when I turned off the freeway, he turned off the freeway. And um, as I went through kind of like a yellow light, and I sped up to go through yeah. it. Sure enough, he sped up and went yeah. through it. So, so it you, made that. You had your attention. Oh, red light. Not right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked over. There was like a QT gas station, you know, a little shopping thing. And there were two police cars sitting there. And I thought, okay, note to self, there are two police cars you could pull in there. But this is really, really stupid. There was a show on at 1130 at night that I wanted to go home and watch. <laughs> So I thought, you know, you do that in your mind. You go, oh, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm just being paranoid. Exactly. And you go, you go, am I just, yeah, overreacting here? And you really have to, to pay attention mm-hmm. to when you are, when you have that discernment and you're feeling, okay, this is not when right. When you have that gut feeling. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I feel like, you know, God gives you those gut feelings or you have those for a reason and sometimes we want to ignore them, but they're significant. Yeah. And I ended up driving um, right by my house. And at this point, I didn't have the garage door opener. I would have yeah. had to have physically gotten out of the car and gone and opened up the garage door. So it would have just been a disaster waiting to right, happen. Right, right. And um, sure enough, he came around the corner was almost tailgating me. It was weird. Yeah. And I ended up um, turning around and went back to where those two policemen were sitting. Because he, he had the presence of mind. He turned around and actually went back because the way the police cars, they were on the other side of the building. Yeah. And when I pulled in, he pulled in to that same place. And the police car, I, I got out and I said, this guy's following me. And the police, once he saw them, he took off. Yeah. So they saw his white truck taking off and they were able to track him down. And um, 
they were able to arrest him. He had uh, he was drugged up. He had drugs in his pocket. He had a gun on his lap. And wow. this guy was just, you know, a little bit deranged and was ready to do something very stupid. And I would have been one of those, you know. You would have been a victim. Yeah, I would have been a victim had I not been made aware of that situation. So those are the stories that we do need to share so we are aware of our surroundings. Well, and I think those things happen more than you realize. Or we um, we head off some things that are, that are potential, there's danger. And, and it's women, you, you don't want to live in fear all the time, but you also have to live smart and be aware of your surroundings. Even, I know, going to the grocery store at night, you know, and being aware when you walk into your car, yes. you know, and just having a presence of mind and not being so distracted and not being a target. But, I mean, sometimes you just can't head them off. They're just going to happen. Yeah, they are going to happen. But you can't live in fear either. You can be smart and be aware, but we can't. um, Obviously, we're not to live in in fear. Well, in our next uh, segment, we're going to be talking with Wendy, and she has a very powerful story to share. And so stay tuned with us. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get ready to get busy with Getting It Done. Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started, encouraging you to keep going, providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staroshevsky and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended 
the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. And we are back with Wendy Blight. We have just finished talking about life situations, the good ones as well as the bad. And our special guest today, I've had a privilege to talk to, and she is just amazing. She's an author, a speaker. She has written a book, Hidden Joy in a Dark Corner, The Transforming Power of God's Story. And Wendy, you have had major life experiences, um, and you had a specific one in college. Can you give us a a synopsis of what, what happened? Sure, and thank you so much, both of you, for inviting me to be with you today. I was excited to join you. Well, we're honored, truly. Um, I graduated um, from Baylor University in Waco, Texas, and it was 1986, and I had just graduated, and it was the weekend after graduation, and there were several of us that were sitting around by uh, the pool at an apartment complex we lived in. And it was like a quadrangle, so there were four buildings surrounding a pool. And we spent most of the day there, and a lot of people were going off to jobs that they had or graduate school. So it was kind of a a last goodbye weekend for all of us together. I was staying in Waco to work for the university for a year. And as the day went on, I left the pool area to go up to my apartment to get ready for dinner that we were going to go out to that night. And I walked into my apartment through the back sliding glass door. And as I walked towards the front door, I noticed it was locked, which is a good thing most of the time. But in college, we never locked our door. And I sort of had that sensation you were talking about a few minutes ago where I looked at it and it didn't feel right. But mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe one of my roommates locked it. And So I ignored it, and I walked up the stairs, and when I reached the top of the stairs, I looked up. I had been looking down, thinking about what I was going to wear that night, and as I looked up, there was a masked man standing there, and he Mm. was wearing leather hunting gloves, holding a large knife, Mm. and at first I thought it was a joke, and I said, who is this? It isn't funny, but I realized in that moment when he grabbed my arm and looked at me, that it wasn't a joke. Right. Isn't that, isn't that amazing how your mind, um, it won't, it, it just won't go into, like, the bad. Right. <laughs> it always, I, I find that so intriguing because it's like your first thoughts are always, this isn't real. It's just so surreal when it's taking place. Yes, you are so right. And you, it, it even took me a while because he walked me back down the stairs and I just thought, okay, he's hiding from police or maybe he needs money for drugs. But he then proceeded to walk me around my entire apartment downstairs to have me close all the blinds, lock all the doors, and wow. then brought me back around where we started. Uh, by the front door, there was a phone and he, he made me take that phone off the hook. Mm. And then he, right then and there, we're by the front door, and I and I reached for the door lock to try to get out. And at that moment, he sort of slammed me right up against that wall, and he said, "Try that again, and I'll kill you." Mm. And then he and then he walked me back up the stairs. Mm. Wow, you know, I can't even imagine those emotions because I think um, every woman woman at some point in time plays that scenario in her head. What if? And you 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 grow up with kind of that fear. And you hear the statistics and you hear all that and you just, it's one of those things you just hope you never have to experience or, or a loved one. And 
I, I just can't even imagine what was going through your head and just, you know, your heart dropping and, um, you know, and, and the, the fear, you know, and when somebody says something like that to mm-hmm. you too, you, you know, you, you, you don't know if this is your final moment or what he's capable of doing. And so um, can you just kind of, ex- I, I know that that had to, you know, that totally, like you said, you know, what started off as a day of celebration, you know, goodbye to all your friends turned into something so devastating. Um, how do you, how do you get through that? How do you, how do you sort that out? Like, so it's, it's surreal. You're, you're, you can't even sort that out. No, you know, and, and really I think had he gone then, I would have lived with, you know, different kinds of fears, but because he stayed there for that afternoon and, and sexually assaulted me, I'll never forget that sense of, um, it's, I, I think God protects you. It's almost like you come outside of your body and, mm-hmm. and you're watching from above as you are victimized by someone. And I remember when he left and uh, he said, count to 100 um, before you get out of this bed and come down the stairs. And so I counted, and I I can remember wrapping that towel around me, creeping down those stairs, being so afraid that he had tricked me and he was still hiding down there. But when when I realized he was gone and I ran out the door, um, it was, you know, it was, it's like I just don't even remember that moment, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't take very long to come back to reality and just once you, the police come and, and the exam at the hospital and the CSIs coming and fingerprinting and questioning, and um, it's, it's, it's just a process those first few days. It's, you can't really absorb what's happened because there's so much going on. Okay, so Wendy, even though he said don't tell anyone, you, you were able to call the police and you did go to the emergency room? At, um because my fiancé and his roommates who lived around the corner basically made me do that. And my parents, who we called, um, they both said, we will protect you, but you have got to go do this. It took a, a while to convince me to do it, but I'm, I'm so glad that I did. Mm-hmm. Because I just encourage every woman, those men that do this, they say that they will come back, but the statistics that they ever come back are just very extremely low. Well, and that's good to know because when somebody has violated you like that and then says that, it, it does kind of, I would think, shut you down a little bit and that fear kicks in because you go, I don't want this or anything worse to happen. And um, I think women just, they get paralyzed. And you, and you hear so many times that women do not go forward. You know, they just um, kind of, you know, push it aside and, and try to go on with life and they don't want to go through all the... Um, the experiences of, you know, going and, and, and going to the hospital and having the police come and all that kind of stuff. And so, so many women choose not to do that. And, and, and it is so, um, it's so great that you had, you know, parents and, and a fiancé that really encouraged you and came alongside you and said, no, this is what you need to do. Right. Okay, and I, I have to interrupt, too, Wendy, when Lisa was talking about, you know, a parent. What, when did you tell your mom? I always think of it from a mom's lens, and uh, I, I just can't even comprehend if that happened to my daughter, when when did you tell your mom? I um, once again, my fiance, who's now my husband, Monty, had me call that day, that day, and just explain what had happened. And my parents were far away; they were in Pennsylvania, so oh. 
um, they were not close by me at all. Uh, but that that whole I I cannot tell girls and women out there enough. One in three college women are victims of sexual assault, and one in four women in our country, and so many of them go unreported. And um, I just want to encourage women out there to not be afraid to find someone you trust, go to them, tell them, and then let them be with you and go through this process. It's extremely important to capture evidence. If there will ever be a chance to catch them, you, you, you must, you know, not take a shower, don't brush your teeth, don't eat, don't brush your hair, don't do anything. Just right away go tell someone what happened and then call the police. Well, and this is just good information because it's like we, you know, even as moms or, you know, as women who have younger women in our lives or other women, just to, to not be afraid to talk about this and to be, you know, to the preventative uh, measures and, and going with gut feelings and just being aware of your surroundings and, and, and don't say it can never happen to me because it, at that point you let your guard down. Um, so, it, you know, this, these are just great tips to be aware and um, whatever happened with this man, did you see him again? Or, well, we we never prosecuted anybody for my attack. Uh, there was a point in time, a few weeks after my attack, that I was walking outside in the apartment complex where I lived, and I saw a man from behind walking with that same gait and same height. And um, I followed him around in my car and pat, drove past him, and he also had the same blue eyes. So I called the police immediately. They questioned him. They they actually brought him in and questioned him. But he, quote, unquote, passed their questioning, whatever that meant. Um, mm. Even though he had been arrested for peeping Tom incidences uh, with college girls, and he had also broken into a one girl's house and watched her while she slept. So, wow. it, you know, in my heart of hearts, I still believe that he was the one. And um, part of the problem when you've been the victim of a crime is that you do just live in that place of fear. And it, it's, it's, I called it a prison of fear. And so I became obsessed with this person and always wanting to know where he was, even though everyone was like, Wendy, he's not the person. But I just went with what I felt. So, okay, just, and, and I know we're going to be coming down to end because the next segment we really want to talk about the healing and moving forward, you know, past this. How do you live beyond, you know, this, this circumstance? But, um, you know, just after that happened for a time, were you um, just even afraid to go out? I was. I was afraid to leave my house by myself. I would never, ever go. I would never, ever go into empty rooms, climb a set of stairs. Um, I would never want to be alone with any man except my fiancé and his roommates, people I truly trusted. I was afraid to ride in elevators. I suffered from panic attacks all the time. Mm. I didn't sleep. When I finally slept out of exhaustion, I had nightmares of him standing over my bed. It is, it is a terrible thing to live in paralyzing fear. Well, um, Wendy, we are going to go into the next segment um, talking about healing, but we also have a caller 
uh, on the line. So um, we're going to go ahead and, and take that call. And okay. then, like Lisa said, we would love to hear the, the process that you went through and how God has helped you. Living um, on the other side of this. And just going through through the healing. Well, that's my favorite part of the story. So, okay, well, stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Togginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer, inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we're at, we've been talking with our special guest, Lindy Blight, and she's just been sharing her story of, um, of a very traumatic situation of, of being raped. And, uh, we're going to get to, the, like she says, her favorite part of the story, which is how do you live beyond the circumstance and, and get to the other side. And uh, we actually have a caller in right now, Anastasia, that um, it, this has a question for you, Wendy. Anastasia, welcome. Hi. Um, my name is Anastasia, and I'm a junior in college. And I'm just wondering, you know, I'm by myself all the time, so what can I do to kind of be aware and to avoid being a victim? Anastasia, I love your question. One of my favorite things to do is talk to um, girls on college campuses because the best way to avoid being a rapist next victim is to just be aware. And that means I like to use the word safe. Um, First of all, avoid compromising situations. 
And that means one of the things that I tell my daughter this, who's 16, when you are anywhere, it doesn't have to even be out with alcohol, but when you have a drink in your hand, never, ever leave it unattended for any reason. Never accept a drink from somebody you don't know. Make sure you see the person pour the drink or get the drink from where it is. Um, don't leave the keys to your apartment with anyone you don't know, even a valet. Just take your house key off when you give them the keys. And never be alone with someone that you don't know. And if you get set up on a blind date, then you make sure that you've got a friend that knows where you are and where you're going. Um, the A part of that is just be aware of your surroundings. Always know what's going on around you. Don't have a conversation saying you're going home alone or you're closing your, if you work somewhere, you're closing by yourself at the mall or something. Don't, because people around you will listen. And then the F, go with your feelings. If your intuition tells you something's not right, then you go the other way. Just run away. Never ignore your feelings. And finally, don't make yourself an easy target, the E part of safe. That means always lock your doors and windows. Don't walk alone at night anywhere. And don't open your door to somebody you don't know and ask for identification. Those are outstanding points. I think that um, for all women, and especially in college, because I think as women, we're, we're so trusting so many times, and we just don't think it could happen, and we're, we're so naive to really kind of some of the dangers. Like I said, finding that balance of not living in fear, but also being smart and being aware of what's going on around and the potential. Well, you don't want to live, you know, being paranoid. But I, I've also heard, especially Anastasia, I don't know if you're in the dorm. In, yeah, I am in a dorm. Are in a dorm? I, yeah. I've even heard where, you know, when your girlfriends come up, you check out each other's dorm room. I mean, depending on if you're, I know some dorms, they they allow, you know, male visitors in there and uh, just to do a quick walk around with each yeah. other when you get in late at night. So it's just, just being smart. Right, and I and I love what, I, can't, I don't know if it was Patty or Lisa who said this, but God doesn't want us to ever live in fear. This is being smart. You know, this is educating yourself and then just being aware. And But never, never live fearfully because that's not how God wants us to live. He just wants us to be smart and use the information that we have to live our lives smartly. Well, and, you know, those are such great points. Anastasia, we so appreciate you calling in and just asking. That was just a great question, and I think that will be so helpful for so many women. Um, Wendy, we wanted to hear, too, about, um, I think this is this will be so significant about how do you, the healing part of it, how do you move past that and get where you're not living in that fear zone all the time and that paranoid zone, but, but you do have your life back and there is that, um, that hope and healing. Well, I will tell you, it feels if, if you're in that place of having been the victim of a, of a crime, whether it be you've been abused as a child or the victim of someone's a, a rape, it, you feel as if there will never be good in your life again. And that's how I felt. And I even had a faith. You know, I, I believed in God. But um, I just thought any God who would allow this to happen is not the kind of God I want to know. If he really loved me, he wouldn't let this happen to me. And what I came to learn is that I just didn't really know God. I didn't know who he really was and how much he did love me. And as I began to be exposed to God's word and learned who he was, and I learned the truths that were in scripture, 
about pain and suffering and how we do have it in this life because we live in a world where people do bad things. But God doesn't leave us there. He is right there to lift us out. And and God just began to put people in my life who began to point me to Scripture, which I would then read and begin to realize that it, that it was truth and it was meant to speak to me today. Things that taught me God doesn't give me a spirit of fear and taught me how to be freed from my fear. Scripture's about forgiveness and how important forgiveness is and learning how to forgive the man who attacked me, even though I didn't know who he was. And step by step, as I began to practice what I learned from Scripture, to pray it and put it into play, God just, he healed every part of my hurt. And believe me, I tried counseling, I tried medication, um, none of those things fully and completely healed me. It was just a really like about a 15 to 20 year process of just exposing my heart and my mind to God's word that, that healed me from everything. And that's so amazing because people do think um, it's going to be, you know, overnight and to hear that. It was more of a 15 to 20 year process. And I love using the word, um, the freedom that, that God has given you, because I think that is what people have such a hang up when God allows this to happen. And we all struggle with that. When we see um, in your situation where uh, God has allowed just the, the extreme, ultimate, horrific thing to take place in your life. And um, it's hard to get our mind around that, but yet we also know this this isn't heaven. This is earth. And like you said, there are evil people. So when just because we are believers and we're Christ followers doesn't mean we're going to live in this bubble that nothing bad can ever happen to us until we do get to heaven. So and I think that's the hardest thing that, that we have to deal with because it's really it, it's easy to be angry at God and go, why would you allow this to happen? And we have to start looking at it and go, why are we allowing it to happen? Why are we allowing so much darkness into the world? We do have to, to penetrate it with light, and we do have to stop um, the evil, and it can only happen uh, through Christ. So that is just, I, I love how you articulated that, Wendy. Well, and let me say something else that I I want to give everyone listening permission to be angry with God. I think it is in that place of anger where you shake your fist at him and say, I don't understand. That's what I did. I said, show me that you love me. Show me you have a plan for my life because mm-hmm. all these Christian people are telling me that you do. You please show me. Mm-hmm. And boy, when... I mean, the scripture tells us when you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. And that's what I learned. And he began to teach me when he says, I will work all things together for good for those who love me and are called according to his purpose. He showed me that it's true. I loved him. I was seeking answers. And he showed me. And Patty and Lisa, I would not have a book published today. I would not be able to go out and and give these amazing um, tips to people and be used by God to prevent this from happening to someone else or sharing my story to bring hope to somebody who is where I was 20 years ago, wanting to just rather be dead than to live every day in fear and unforgiveness. So our God is waiting 
right there to be with us when something bad happens. And he says he will never leave us or forsake us. Mm-hmm. But we just have to believe him for that and believe that his word is truth and that his promises written in there are meant just for us. And he um, he just does a mighty work when we surrender whatever it is in our life to him. Well, and you know what's so interesting? Because I think so many times as women, it's so easy for us to give an answer to somebody else and be able to counsel them. But when um, a situation happens to us, then we have to put... Um, put it into practice and, and um, personalize it and see that, you know, we are deeply loved and valued. That is harder to do for ourselves to really, truly believe that. It's easier to give that advice away yes. when we have to really, um, really believe that and live that and embrace that. That is, a hard, that is a hard thing, I think, for us to do. I know I struggle with that so many times, um, truly feeling that, like, you are really beloved, you know, mm-hmm. and created in a wonderful way, and, um, and to be able to go in and live knowing that fact. Right, and not letting a, a, an event or events in your life steal that away from you, because that's really what the evil one would want. He would want this bad thing, this evil that happened in our lives, to steal away that identity and that love that God has given us. Well, and Wendy, um, I, I know sometimes we can we can put the words out there, but we have someone writing in um, that's asking, how does one acquire the peace that God promises his children? And I, I know you've, you've kind of touched on that, but um, in saying that it's taken the 15 to 20 years of the process, is there a way you can kind of sum that up to where, how, how do we get that? Um, I, I have a chapter in my book, Hidden Joy, about this. We will receive nothing from God. Um, we can we can really pray, we can talk about it, we can read about it, but honestly, when he says his word is living and active and meant to speak to us and speak into and change our lives today, what we have to do is take, let's say somebody out there, this person who wrote in wants to understand how to have God's peace. Well, go to go to God's word, look in the back of your Bible in the concordance and begin to find verses that talk about the word peace. Look up the word peace. Find those verses. Read them. Write them down. Memorize them. Even if it's just one or two, pray them back to God, personalizing them with your name. This is how I got rid of my fear. And as you begin to do that, God's word takes root in your heart and it becomes effective in your heart. He says that um, the prayer of a righteous woman is or man is powerful and effective. And that peace that passes out all understanding that guards your heart and mind will become yours as over time you believe God for what his word says. You pray it back to him. He honors that. He, he must. It's his word. He has to honor it. Mm-hmm. And, Wendy, we have about 20 seconds left before we go into our commercial, but you talk about God's appointments in your book. And what type of appointments can you have with God to live your life abundantly? And maybe that's what you're sharing right now. Well, there were God appointments, people he brings in your life to point you to these truths. That's what a God appointment is. Okay, and we're going to talk more about God appointments as we come back with Wendy.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Toginap, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly. Showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Colwell and Corey Colwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with Green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Len and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Uh, We are coming down to our last segment today, and we just have had um, such an interesting conversation and and just a delightful guest, um, Wendy Blight, has just been sharing her story of how God has really taken a very tragic situation and turned it into something that he has used, um, you know, for his glory and just to help other women. And, um, Wendy, we so appreciate you sharing your voice and sharing your story and being just so authentic with it. And um, uh, we have right now a a friend of ours, Kimberly, who's on the line, who um, is is very special to us and has experienced some life situations and, and as a result has experienced the power of Jesus in her life to overcome, just like you have. So, Kimberly, I I know you've been listening in. Uh, do you have you want to share some things with us? Hi there. Um, can you hear me? We can. Great. Um, first of all, I'd like to say hi to Wendy, and that I'm so sorry for what you've been through, and thank you so much for sharing your story to help others. Oh, thanks, Kimberly. And I too have experienced sexual assault. Um, a man kicked my front door in um, when I was 17. And my question for you is an aspect of the healing process, specifically forgiveness. I have a heart and a desire to forgive, but the how eludes me. 
Um, Kimberly, I I just so understand where you are, and I, I dedicated a whole chapter in my book to forgiveness because honestly, that was the hardest step for me to take because um, it requires so much to uh, realize that we have to. God calls us to forgive because He knows that we will never move forward through more healing until we get to that place where we have forgiven. And honestly, I I did the exact same process I just talked about in the last segment on peace. And I began to go to God's Word and find the scriptures on forgiveness. And I began to take those and write them down and learn them um, and then begin to pray them. And it was really when I read something that Beth Moore wrote where she said that she learned to forgive her, she was abused as a, sexually abused as a child. And she said, you just have to get to the place where you can surrender that right to avenge what happened to you to God. And he's not asking you to act like it never happened. He totally gets that it hurts you and that, um, that what that person has done to you. But you when you give it over to him you're you're giving that right to avenge it to him so that you can move on and when she said that and it came from someone who had been violated the way you and I have been i don't know it just it was a big moment for me because i thought okay i have all these scriptures now and now she's showing me that even when the violation has been to the core of your being that it's it's obedience. It's an act of obedience to forgive um, because God tells us to, but it's because he has only our best for us. And getting to that place will change your life. I will never forget, Kimberly, I was sitting on a sofa and I just began to weep and I began to just say, I forgive you. And I listed everything I listed. I forgive you for taking my dignity and my worth and my value and my security and my safety. And and as I prayed these things and did this forgiveness, it's as if a whole weight came off of me. It was amazing. And, and I pray that for you because I for years thought I had forgiven. But in that moment, I knew that I had never before forgiven. You you will know when you do it, but it was empowering myself through the Word of God and then another woman's story that allowed me to really get to that place. And, wow. Wendy, I, I have a question here from someone that's writing in, and they're asking, if the perpetrator isn't a Christian, then why do we have to forgive him? The, because, not a Christian. Yeah, it's totally not related to the person who attacked you. Forgiveness is an act of obedience to God's word. It, he, Jesus forgave us, so we in turn need to forgive. He forgave us, and look at who we are. You know, we are a fallen people, unworthy of, of even his love. But he had Jesus die for us to forgive us of our sins. And the reason he asks us to forgive is because he knows a heart that harbors unforgiveness has a root of bitterness in it that begins to entangle and squeeze your heart so tight it will never have the ability to receive the abundant life God has. Well, and don't you find that sometimes when you are harboring um, unforgiveness that it 
then you allow that person to control you. That is absolutely right. They've gone off. They've moved on, Mm -hmm. most likely to hurt someone else. But you continue to stay in this place that keeps you from living your life. And they do control you. That's a a wonderful point, and it's a true point. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's freedom in that when you can release. And and I think so many times, too, we are are taught as we grow up, you know, forgive and forget. And so we think, okay, we got to forgive, and then we forget. And it's like you'll never forget some of those things. But you don't have to allow the situation to dominate and define you and control you. There is, you can release that over to God and through God's power. And, and also the thing with forgiveness, too, is it's, it's not a one-time thing. It is a, it's a daily um, release because, you know, so many times when somebody has is, is really wronged us, you might think, I'm okay with it, I've, I've asked for forgiveness, but then at, a, at a, an unsuspecting time, those emotions will come back again and you find yourself going, okay, i got to release it again. Right. That's true. And I, I just love what you said, to not let it define you. And that's such a powerful statement, that we don't want to let anything someone else does to us define our lives and define who we are. Exactly. We're, we're, we're allowing and giving them the control, which it's not theirs to take. Right. And Kim, did you have um, another, I love that question because I think so many women uh, struggle with that. Did you have another question? Um, I actually did. Thank you. Um, And it's, again, about the healing process. You mentioned, you know, the counseling, the medication, but that what really worked for you was God's Word. Do you still suggest counseling or maybe um, counseling groups or something or, or books or do you still suggest those things to people? The way the way I feel about counseling is I I tried Christian counseling and it didn't work for me and I tried to go to the Rape Crisis Center and and meet with women but so many of the women that were in my little group had been assaulted years before and were about where I was and so that depressed me. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that everyone should prayerfully consider um going to counseling and, and see how you feel when you go. And if you feel it's helpful to you, I would, I would advise Christian counseling because, of course, that's where I think ultimate healing comes is through Christ. Um, and so I would never say not to try counseling. I would say go and see if, it, if it's working for you, but I would always combine whatever you do with being in God's Word. And my prayer and hope is that a Christian counselor would do that with you, keep you in the Bible and with them going down a journey at the same time. So, yes, I think there's there are wonderful, wonderful counselors out there. I think my story, the reason I didn't do any of that was because the story God's given me is to drive people to Scripture and to Him. Um, but there are great counselors out there. So, yes, I would say go where your heart leads you or where wise people around you point you to. Thank you. Very helpful. Yeah. My pleasure. Well, it, you know what? It, it is so, um, it's just so great how God connects people. And um, we have known Kimberly for three or four years now, and her story is just a powerful story of just hope and healing. And, um, you, you know, and Kimberly, we just appreciate you because you're always such an, an inspiration and, um, and, a, and a voice for so many women 
you two are having a voice and, and are constantly, you're an amazing connector of people because you bring women into our lives to connect with constantly that you are out there just um, just out there looking for them in any way you can help and love. And, uh, Wendy, that is what you have done in so many different ways and with your book. And uh, we just want women to be able to find you. And so on our site, girlfriendit.com, we will have um, the information of how women can reach you and continue to, you know, to contact you and um, to, to get your book. And uh, just keep the dialogue going because you brought up so many great points today for us all to think about and to pass along to other women um, who maybe are not listening today but need to be aware of this. And, Wendy, we also know that you're going to be on Oprah, and, and that's the radio show that is, on April 22nd at 4 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. And so we are excited about that to look forward to. But we kind of – there's so much information here that we, we have it all packed in. We kind of rush through your God appointments, and we just have another minute. So we're going to rush through them again. But can you, can you finish sharing that? Yes, the the God appointments that I had first were um, one was the president of Baylor University who met with me and just was the very first person that pointed me to scripture as an answer. And then a pastor at the church I went to was the second one who was the one who ta- who basically told me I needed to. He used the story in the Gospel of John to tell me to just get off my mat and stop being in a place of self-pity, to get off my mat and take that first step, and God would be there holding my hand, and it was wonderful. And then the last God appointment was a Bible study I was in, and the Bible teacher, she's the one who taught me all that I've just shared about being in Scripture, and it is the time that I was freed from my fear, which is chapter 8 in my book and one of my most favorite stories. So those are the, the... Look for the people, pray for people to come into your life that will point you to truth and to the answers. And And I am so grateful for women like you who provide a place for people like Kimberly and me and so many other women to come because I didn't have a place like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a place to go listen or or hear things about God and the hope that I would have. And so I am always so grateful for for women like you who who want to be there to help people that are in a really, really dark place. Well, we so appreciate uh, your ministry. So thank you for thanking us. And we've been so honored to have you as our guest. And and what a powerful um, message you have. And you have so showed your heart in such significant ways. So thank you so much, Wendy and Kimberly. And girls, have a great week. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.